0: My only friend, the end of our land, the end, of that's... It's 1159, Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. Sean has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans.
1: another
2: day closer to victory. For all, of you there, all of behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Coming to live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. What we used to for about an hour, we talk about guns. And uh, we've got people joining us. we got Angelina joining in from California. Thanks for joining.
3: Hello.
2: we Cycle Camp jumping in from... Uh, Connecticut.
3: Hi there, everybody.
2: Let's see, you got uh, Wood sneaking in from Washington, going back west. Hey, G. Thanks hey, for G. the invite. You bet. And then, Snob, where are you at?
1: Oklahoma. Thanks for the invite. You bet. And I'm down here in Arizona.
2: So we got people jumping in from all over, and we've got people joining us live on the YouTube side, and, of course, we simulcast the show over on gunchannels.com, so we're watching the chat over there as well. So I'm not sure what episode it is, it's like 621 maybe, I'm going to go check it out, and it's Monday, so normally on Mondays we would talk about behind the scenes, today we're going to talk about the show, because we're changing the show up a bit. So uh, let's see, it's episode, it's not the 23rd is it? It's the 30th, so we're on episode 621. So 621 shows later we're changing it up a bit, I was doing some interesting. Uh, research on podcasts and um, reevaluating what I want to do with the show, and I think what we're going to do is leave this piece here at midnight, and then I'm going to do a show at noon, which will be the Daily Gun Show. So this will be sort of the Daily Gun Show live chat, and it'll just happen whenever there's people that want to chat or something that's worth uh, chatting about. So hopefully that'll give us the best of both worlds. We'll have a a daytime chat consistently, and then this one whenever necessary or whenever there's interest for it. And uh, this can be a long-format discussion chat like we've been doing for a while. Hopefully everybody's down with that.
4: So today's Monday. That
2: was behind the scenes on the show. And you guys were talking about the, what do you call it, I guess, uh, some strategy or some game and what, what happened with SCOTUS or with uh, Ninth.
0: Um, it was just the whole open carry thing. I mean, Cycle had um, a lot of good insight to it. I forgot how we even got on that topic now, though.
3: you were oh, you, you were just asking if anything interesting had happened. Plenty good stuff that happened yeah and and I I tend to agree with Yankee on some of this stuff you know while it, it's not real real big stuff a lot of the stuff that has happened is starting to open the doors it's starting to punch big holes in some of the liberal arguments and the one that I think is especially telling is it's not a it's not a uh, court ruling but a a decision or an opinion about the whole, you know, they're starting to back off on the, Oh, you can't put the information on how to do a, uh, a, uh, 3d printer version of gun parts out there. And as part of their, as part of their uh, relaxation on that, they made a, they made a finding that said, just because a gun has similar characteristics to a military firearm, does not make it a military firearm, you know, and, and I thought that was very, that's very telling because one of the big arguments uh, that the left uses to ban things like AR-15s is that they are, you know, military-like firearms or assault-style weapons. And basically, the ATF has come back and said, that's bullshit. You know, just, just because they have flash hiders and they use common military calibers does not make them military weapons. Basically, they said, if it's not used by a military, it's not a military weapon. And I, th- I thought that was a great finding and really flies in the face of a lot of the arguments that the, the, the gun grabbers uh, typically use.
0: Is there like um, so the ATF said this and what like something they just put out or?
3: Yeah, they were they were responding. I guess they get they got uh, either challenged or a request for further information about this whole. You know, they they realized they went way too far when they in the last piece of of either legislation or rule. I guess it was rulemaking that came out about you know what you could say and what you couldn't say and what constituted stuff where you had to go out and get the $2,500 license from the ATF, you know, all that kind of stuff. So basically, they're trying to make it more reasonable now. So that, that guy said, you know, I mean, before they said, you know, if you, if you do any like machining of parts, then you're a manufacturer and you have to have a manufacturer's license, which is a lot of shit because a lot of, a lot of gun parts have to be custom fit. And that means you have, in fact, I, I was working on that, uh, that, that HMR2, the, the uh, CZ, and one of the parts in there has to be fitted. You have to do grinding work on it in order to get it right. They give it to you a little bit long and you have to grind it down to fit the individual gun. and, and you know so technically that makes me a, a gunsmith/ slash manufacturer and I would have to go get a $2500 license to do that. and they realized that that was all just bullshit and they, they needed to come up with a smarter way to do it.
0: Yeah, so I wonder if that's if this is going to uh, do anything, like as far as any kind of rights restoral or leg up or um but like for instance the whole uh the whole California AR fifteen thing. So because the the argument that all the California politicians and leftists use are that the AR fifteens are military grade weapons. And so here's ATF saying, no, no, that's not the case, man. So is California going to have to rethink this now? I mean, there there was something like a couple weeks ago that made it seem like the whole registration and all that was off. But I don't know. Like, I don't know what the whole official anything is now.
3: Yeah, you got me.
1: They're not going to do anything unless they're forced to.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the case. Oh, good old California politicians. We have a um, election this year, and apparently there's a real chance that the Republican candidate could be elected. Like Usually, I mean, as soon as the polls close, they just call it for whatever Democrat, like all the time. Um, but yeah, apparently now there's a real chance that we will see some freedom restored to the Golden State.
1: But is the Republican pro-gun?
0: Um, I mean, I think he's pro-gun enough, he's, there was this, I think it's uh, John Cox, and he's like some failed Chicago politician. So, I don't know. Maybe. The other guy, because the there was two Republicans on the nomination that, you know, got a, quite a lot of votes. The other guy, Travis Allen, was hugely pro-gun. And that's probably what carried him as far as it did. Because he had a huge, huge support in the California gun, you know, scene, I guess.
3: Yeah, we're up to we're up to 30,000 members in our uh, CCDL uh organization and we're we're now actually talking the difference between the governor making it last year or last election or not making it last year. We actually had the number of votes we would have needed to shift the the, the vote. So we're uh really looking forward to this year.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So you have to update us and let us know if, um, you know, how your reach was this uh, election year. Mm. All right, well, we'll move on from my uh, babbling of the day to our second segment of the day. But so before that um, is member of the day. And then I'll pick since I'm like the boss kind of, but not really. Um, let's see who's on the gun channel side. Uh, who do we got? Clay. Clay is a member of the day. He's talking about shotguns with cycle cam. So that's pretty cool. All yep, right out
2: there, all hours of the day in the text chats. Occasionally, he'll jump into a chat. As well. But he travels a bit and brings a lot of insight. He's suggested gunshots to the show quite a few times.
0: Awesome. Anyone else have any kind words to say about Clay?
3: Well, he certainly seems knowledgeable enough.
4: I'll agree with that. I, I, I don't really know him very well, but he certainly seems more knowledgeable than I am on a lot of gun stuff.
0: Gun snob, you gonna make it up?
1: All right. Oh, I was muted. Sorry. I'm new here, so I really don't know him yet.
0: Well, you can just lie about it. Like, oh, that time he came. Uh, He seems
1: like an awesome guy and knows everything.
0: There you go. All right, so congratulations, Clay. Uh, Your prize package is in the mail, but it's on the slow boat from China. It'll be a while. Um, there's no prize package. All right, so second little blurb of the day. I don't know what it is yet. Did we got one that I don't know about? Maybe? No?
2: Behind the scenes, we can talk about podcasting, but um, if anybody's interested, they can bring up the topic.
0: All right, well, what about audience? Throw some stuff out there, and then we'll do the gun shop of the day uh, in the meantime. We have a gun shop of the day.
2: Um, not on our list, no. All
0: right, gun snob. Uh, what's your uh, favorite gun shop?
1: Um, probably Sports World in Tulsa. All
0: right, let me.
5: Sports World.
1: Sports World. Yeah, it's like a family owned shop, but it's really big and nice. Gunsmith and everything in there. Some
0: reason like I can't spell Oklahoma today um
3: okay oklahoma yeah
0: i love me some oklahoma um anyway all right here we are on this gun store. so tell us about this gun store and i'll browse the website for the audience know.
1: Oh, it's a pretty nice store it's really nice inside got a big selection used and new guns family owned Love lot of nice guys
0: and they make food
1: there? Yeah, they have a little restaurant in the back. I've never eaten there. It's just a little cafe thing. All
0: right, cool. Do they have uh, like a lot of guns?
1: Or? Oh, yeah. They got a big selection of new and used. And a lot of, like, they call them demo guns out in the middle and stuff, too. Wait. A lot of safes and stuff, too.
0: Buy a gun online. Oh drop one of these drop ship things Saves. Cool.
1: safe. And they have a giant poodle that roams around the store
3: all the time, so you know. Wait, is there a picture of
0: stuff? I don't
3: know. I've noticed that a lot more in gun shops that I've been to. There's usually a, a puppy hanging around.
0: That pretty much makes me wanna like go there.
4: Yeah, yeah I'd um, wanna give them a memory.
0: Is that it right there, this building? Yeah, that's it. Kind of, a, it looks pretty big. It's big. All right, this is me. I do have that near me. Nine to six, nine to four, closed on Sunday. That's Lord's Day. Uh, they got a fax there, pretty sweet. Knives, vapes. The owner. Who's the owner? Let's meet this. Holly Brown, they, when you're married to a Hall of Fame skeet shooter. Oh, all right. So it's a chick that owns this shop. So that's cool. A woman owned gun shop. I like that. All right. So, yeah. So if you're in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, you should go take a look at this shop. That's pretty it's cool. technically legal. Technically legal, she must have gotten permission from at least five males to open. Her shop.
3: He probably um, did it to avoid the taxes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, so we, businesses,
2: but. we did get to visit that one. Is there just one location, or is there more than one?
1: Just the one,
2: yeah. Then we did visit it with uh, BT269, pretty cool shop.
0: So is there anything in the chat about what we should do? Talk about blocks and how they are superior to every other firearm.
3: Well, that'll be a real short conversation. Will it? Yeah.
0: All right, Uwebs, what do you think about blocks?
3: What are we talking about?
0: Um, How you feel about Glocks and why they're superior to every other. gun?
2: They're superior to every other firearm because they've got 34 parts in them. You can find replacement parts and accessories, magazines, and accessories in every gun shop you go to. Pretty much every manufacturer builds stuff for them. So I have no issue keeping the thing running, and it's designed to be able to shoot. It's got uh, time on the clock, and is in the fly by night follow the trends type of thing
0: right good answers i like that you said it has 30 something parts in it i didn't really realize that i guess but um woods Glock's. how do you feel why are they the best
4: um I, i i do agree with with g but i've been reading that book glock the rise of the american gun Um, and it's really, uh, the, it's really more the history of Glock, the business than the Glock, the the gun. And it's completely fascinating. And it's pretty impressive that the guy originally just made bayonets and like hinges and just overheard some generals one day talking about it and said, well, hell, let's make a gun. And he, his not knowledge of guns was his benefit because he did, he bought a bunch of guns to look at. But, and then tore them all apart, and then said, well, they don't need all these parts, so he came back at it from an engineering point of view, as opposed to being a gun guy and being stuck in, like, well, this is how they all did it.
0: Right. <clears throat> okay, pretty good answer. I like that. Uh, snob?
1: Well, I mean, according to Clover, you can take about 50 Glocks, and you can come up with 50 when you're done, so...
0: So if you had, like, 49 glocks, when you put them back together, there would be 50 glocks?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what Clover said. I'm just, just reading what he said.
0: What's that thing that Jeff Goldblum said in uh, Jurassic Park? Nature finds a way. <laughs> some glocks are going to find a way.
1: And they just work.
0: They do just work. And then, uh, so, Psycho Camp, what, about, what do you think about some glocks? Oh,
3: me uh so so glocks are great like toyota corollas were great in the 80s or hyundai elantras are great currently in that it's a it's a middle of the road uh does a pretty good job at a lot of things but doesn't do anything particularly well and they're just ubiquitous so they're they're great from that point of view. They're not the straightest shooting. They're not the easiest shooting. Um, they're not the simplest. They're not the most complex. They're a good middle of the road, very value priced. You know, you get a lot of gun for your money. And, uh, and you know, the fact that a lot of militaries and a lot of police forces used them for so many years, it's tried and true. So from that point of view, I'll give it to the, uh, Glock people. You know, that's it's the Hyundai Elantra of the gun world.
2: Well, that implies that it's useless and that it's it's delicate. I would say if you're going to no, compare- Hyundai,
3: Hyundai's run all over the place, they have a great warranty. Everybody well, in my family owns them. I mean, I, I really like them. So I'm not I'm definitely not shitting on Glocks. Well, I compare it to
2: a, uh, a Crown Vic police car.
3: Where no, I think a Dan Wesson is more like a car oh, a police away. car?
2: No I, I no. think
3: maybe more like the Ford what the hell was that Ford that they use, the interceptor or whatever? Yeah, that's why I said a crown. But, but that was a fairly that oh. was a fairly uh powerful car and it yeah. wasn't your average everyday car. Exactly. Whereas Glocks are more yeah. like average everyday
2: guns. No, it's not. There, what, the thirty-four parts of it makes it an everyday gun? The part that it, it's designed to just work makes it an everyday makes it an everyday gun. No, it's super reliable and super rugged compo- compared to regular guns. It doesn't have extraneous parts to add some delicate trigger or some super adjustable uh, sight or something, or extra parts to make some kind of thing buffer so that it lasts forever. It's got perishable parts where they need to be. It's a useful machine that has. Decades, literally decades. There's only one other gun, maybe two other guns on the planet as far as handguns that even have anywhere near the reliability, um, reputation. And that's why I say it's a cop car. It's a it's a designed for a use. It's not just a car designed for taking kids to school and designed for uh, going to the mall. It's designed for chasing perpetrators across medians and stuff
1: and, and living through it. And if you want all that fancy stuff for it, you can get anything in the world for a Glock.
2: Well, that's unfortunate for the Glock because, yeah, because it's the gold standard, just like the 1911. You know, it replaced the 1911 for being like the Toyota truck, I guess. we Maybe on that. But um, uh, because of all that stuff, everybody that wants to hate whatever works is going to go, oh, well, look, there's accessories for it, so it can't be good. Look, people choose to personalize it. Oh, it can't be good.
0: Well, Gary jumped in here now, so uh, let's get his opinion on what do you think of Glocks and why are they superior to every other gun, or every other pistol, I guess.
5: Well, what do I think of Glocks? I carry one, Uh, so I must like them. Of course, I only own the one. I've only owned it for a few months, Uh, so... (laughs) I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Which one do you have?
5: The 42.
0: 40, is that the that's a 380 or that's a nine mil?
5: <clears throat> that's a three eighty.
0: Okay. I like the like smallness of it. So that's a cool block.
5: It's uh what I like about it, it's a three eighty, but it's not like one of those little tiny three eighties that are hard to hold on to and <clears throat> hard to aim. This one's actually big enough. It's just about the perfect size. To aim well and still be small enough to get in a pocket. I so, call
0: them the snappy little bitches.
5: Yeah, I I owned a Taurus TCP for three years and I enjoyed carrying it. I didn't enjoy shooting it. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with it. This one I can actually aim at a target and hit what I'm aiming at. That's what I like.
0: And do you and do you enjoy it? Like, do you enjoy the like do you enjoy shooting the gun?
5: Yes, I do. Oh,
0: sweet, Well, I mean. There you go. That's uh
5: And I also enjoy irritating my friends with it because you got all the people who say, oh, "I'd never own a Glock. I would never own a Glock." And when they find out I have one, then they can make fun of me too. It's kind of fun.
3: Oh, I have I have two of them and I wouldn't carry either of them. But only because I have particular needs for carry and they
5: don't fit. Me, I just like pocket carry. Yeah.
0: Well, I um, So, I'm a Glock fan. I own Glocks. And, um... I've owned a lot of Glocks. My favorite pistol is a Glock 19. Um... It used to be my... Carry. My daily carry, I guess. But, um... Now I carry a shield, which I also really, really like. Um... But yeah, a Glock, I mean, shit, I've never fucked one up. So, they got that going for them. And, I don't know, they're just easy. They're, it's, the first pistol I ever owned was a Glock 19. And, um, you know, I mean, I can take one apart and put it back together really easily with whatever I can find on my desk, usually. So, yeah, I like Glocks. I think they're, I mean, are they the most... I didn't think they were the best-looking gun at first, but I definitely appreciate their blocky physique now. Um, they feel good in the hand. They're, people can customize them if you're into that. Um, I like a stock block, but... Whatever you like. So I think we're all... Pretty much everyone loves blocks, but... That their Korean
2: car recycling. So if Woods is reading the book now, I don't know what chapter you're on, but no, uh, know Clover's reading the book also. It might be interesting to do, maybe not every single chapter in the book, but uh, a couple of the key ones where it's kind of neat, because that book might be about Glocks, but you know, it's like being about the Ford truck. It's such a you know, widely adopted one that you know, you're, you're just talking about the whole industry and the culture and everything, so it's pretty right. neat. I, it.
4: I thought it was really interesting that the guy that wrote it actually works for Newsweek So he works for Bloomberg, but he was really fair to firearms in general. And he's not a gun guy.
2: I Don't know. Yeah, exactly. I met the guy. Um, I thought the book was the bee's knees and then uh, Made a video about it and but that was so great and everything and then uh, I don't know that was let's say at some point and then I went to SHOT Show and I'm sitting there minding my business, talking to somebody and this guy sets, like we're in the media room and there's these tables, right? And uh, maybe there's 10 seats around like big round tables in there. We're just sitting in two seats around this big empty table. And some guy comes along and sets this card down kind of between us around on the table. I seen it that one. I was like, um, usually when they set those cards down, it's for like somebody doing an author's, uh, what do they call those? Like where the author will talk about his book and you can ask questions or whatever. And they'll put those up in the media room and then, I guess because they want us to go there and ask some questions. Around. So I was like, oh, crap, is this guy here doing a, a talk? And he's like, well, that guy's me. And no, I'm just setting out these cards. So anyway, I got to meet, meet him there and chat with him a bit and tell him how, how cool his book was. And that's when, yeah, he said he's not much of a gun guy. But his next book, this was years ago, and he said his next book was going to be about guns. So I forgot what he said it was going to be about.
4: I particularly like the uh, chapter that, when Glock, when Gaston Glock first put in his bid, um, Steyr, being the other Austrian company, didn't win it. But they had such influence that they made the government, you know, being socialists, they had enough ends that they were demanded that uh, another Austrian company win. But when really, in reality, Beretta won but uh, they gave the contract to Glock, and he was just the right place at the right time. And so many times, people that are very successful, there's a big chunk of that you have to be at the right place at the right time.
2: Well, that's one way of saying it, or you could look at it that he was, what, 54, 57 years old when he invented the Glock in 1980, and then it was till 1984 that it was accepted, or 1983 that it was accepted by the Austrian Army. So perseverance and having a goal and working towards it is the same as being lucky and being there at the right time because that implies that he was just setting around a Glock. Glock that he just happened to make, you know, he sat down once he knew that the contract was going to be available, he bought every gun that was currently working, you know, the shit, took them all apart, figured out how they worked, met up with inventor, with other whatever you call it, like reputable gun people, and then uh, designed the Glock to be built as a service gun, just a, completely different approach. So anyway, he he did that all with intent. And I guess you could say right place at the right time, but you know, he he set all that up and then consequences happen. But it's also with some amount of hindsight that they're writing that history, right? I'm sure Steyer looking at it like, you know, oh, he did all this hard work. They're looking at it like, oh, this guy just walked all over and took our contract from us.
4: Well, I mean, I think sometimes you you obviously have to have, you know, the hard work in order to be in the game in the first place. But sometimes you do have to be in the right place at the right time. That's they they mention that in the book. But I highly recommend it. It's a really good book.
2: Yeah, Clover says a good point and that's where I guess I was trying to uh enunciate what he's saying here. Glock as a company was in the right place at the right time so many times throughout the history of the company. At what time do you stop saying it was all coincidence? So, I mean, there's a certain amount of luck and then there's people that just see it coming or have a feeling, right? I mean, I guess it's possible to just stand in there and everything went his way.
0: Alright, I'm going to go around the room and ask you your favorite Glock. No explanation, just favorite Glock. Cam.
3: 26.
5: 18.
4: 42. Woods? 17, the original. Nob. 19.
0: And I'm a 19, too. So, there's our uh, segment on why Glock is the shit. And, uh, thank you. Uh, I want to say... Arkansas, Andy, for that uh, suggestion. Alright, so uh, yeah, what do we got next? History, maybe?
4: Well, and Clover has a link, but he
2: didn't jump in, but he's out there chatting and, like, say Roosted. I don't know, whatever you guys want to get together sometime, you need to do as you guys are reading the chapters, I guess, is what I wanted to add to that. Um, because then it'll be fresh in your memories or whatever. I'd be down for doing a couple of chats where we just talk about some of those chapters since you guys are both in the middle of reading
4: i'm about three quarters through but i'd be happy to go back and read the chapter again
0: like a book club like oprah yep
4: does right. everybody get a glock
0: nope everybody yeah reach
3: under your seat at the end of the <laughs> chat there'll miraculously be a glock sitting there i'm totally in
0: all right. Yep. So history. I don't have the gun history because that's not the one that I read. I read the freaking history and... of that one. Um. So 1975, Jimmy Hoffa disappears. Anyone remember that? I don't. I was not even born. I was four. Michael, do you remember this as like a thing? Oh yeah. See.
3: My dad pours concrete for a living. I'm not allowed to talk about where Hoffa might be. I don't know if, I, don't, I don't I resent the implication.
2: I have nothing to do with any of this. I was a young young person at the time. All
0: right, that's for an offline chat. Um eighteen seventy five. Former president Andrew Johnson dies.
3: I have a I have a kinda of creepily eerie one. All right, go. In 1863, President Lincoln issued his eye-for-an-eye order to shoot a rebel prisoner for every black prisoner shot.
0: Hmm.
3: And I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know about that either. That's interesting.
3: Pretty neat. Yeah, apparently the South was, uh, if they captured black guys, they just shot them right there. And the uh, president said, well, we'll stop that shit. So he he issued his eye for an eye order that said, for every black prisoner we confirm that they shot, we shoot one of theirs. Not a very liberal thing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that would fly these days. Mm.
5: Did they actually ever carry it out?
3: I think just the order was
5: probably enough. It probably was. I just wondered.
0: Uh, 1954 Agreement on Conduct of War for Vietnam. That was the thing today.
2: 1729, city of Baltimore was founded. Wow. 1733, the Society of Freemasons opened their first American lodge in Boston. 1733. Uh, 1839, slave rebels took over the slave ship Amosco.
3: In 1916, German saboteurs blew up a munitions pier on Black Tom Island in Jersey City, New Jersey. So even the even the German people didn't like New Jersey that much.
0: I love New Jersey, dude. I love Jersey City
3: too. Oh god, I, I, I that's like when when I go to when I go to Cape Cod, I drive around the little piece of New Jersey I would normally go through.
0: Oh my god, I
3: would move to New Jersey if it wasn't so expensive, I would move there. Oh, the gun laws are the pit. I know, but
0: it's, it's shitty here too, because I'd be going from shit to shit. I wouldn't have to do anything. 1928,
2: George Eastman showed the first color motion picture in the U.S. Yep. Did you already say that one?
3: Yeah, that's cool. Kodak.
2: Uh, number or right, wait, <laughs> 1940, 1942 Roosevelt signed in the Women's Auxiliary Agency in the Navy. Women accepted for volunteer emergency service, otherwise known as the Waves. So, now,
3: did that transition into the WAX or was that something totally different?
2: No, Waves is Navy. The other one is Air. So oh, must so that be was separate. a Women's
3: Air Corps, okay.
2: Yeah, it must be separate because this one says 42 for the Navy. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a different day in 42, but not today.
1: In 2003, the last old-style Volkswagen Beetle came off the assembly line in Mexico. Um,
3: yeah, and I think I saw that uh, the, when I was at uh, up at the shore the other day. Those things are cool. Yeah, like those, the new
0: ones don't have the same. All right, well, there's history for the day.
2: 1967, a race riot in Milwaukee, four people killed, lasted four days. I don't remember that.
3: 1956, the U.S. motto, In God We Trust, was authorized. All that religious shit happened, like, right when I was born. They added uh, uh, under God in 55 to the Pledge, and that's the year I was born. And then in 56, they added in God we trust. I must really scared them when I popped out of there. Yeah.
2: Let's make sure <laughs> probably that, that we that we're still god fearing.
3: Yeah, uh, it's probably the 666 tattoo behind my ear. <laughs> 1971, Apollo
2: 15, astronauts Scott Irwin and Mayer. Uh say i think that means land on the moon did they land or the, maybe that means they just drop around the moon? i don't know they did no something.
3: no they landed that's where the that's where the lunar lander dropped
2: okay on with 15
3: yeah the 71 yeah
2: we were talking about that one time. Has anybody ever seen the lunar lander unfold out of the back of the landing thing kind of neat yes just sort of unfolds out the back And then pops open into the vehicle. 1974, under coercion of the U.S. Supreme Court, Nixon releases subpoenaed White House recordings suspected to prove his guilt in the Watergate cover-up to special prosecutor or whoever. So it's interesting. Have you seen some of the memes or some of the things they'll show, like the amount of stuff Nixon was accused of. And then, of course, he gets impeached. And the amount of stuff that is missing nowadays when, you know, whatever scandal you want to look at, there's, like, much, much more stuff being ignored now or being, whatever, hidden than uh, the little bit that Nixon used of. He had, like, missing minutes of conversations, right? Remember,
5: right? Yeah, 18 seconds or something like that.
1: In 1865, the steamboat brother, Jonathan, sinks off the coast of Crescent City, California, killing 225 passengers. Huh. I didn't even think about steamboats back in, over in California.
3: Well, you don't, you don't really think about the Germans prosecuting the war on our, on our territory, right? But, you know, they blew up a pier. They, they sunk a freighter. I mean, they, they did all kinds of stuff.
2: It looks like there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten. Almost twenty five Medal of Honors today. Alright, so that's our look back in history, one of the reasons we do the show. So we talk about a gun shop every day and talk about some uh um in history. history reading it here while well, I'm saying a nineteen forty two US passenger freighter. Robert Lee Lee with 268 passengers sunk by a U boat. Did you just say that one?
3: Yep. Oh, okay. I think that was the one.
2: Gulf of Mexico?
3: The one I said was California. Oh, I'm sorry. So there are two different ones. Yeah. How the hell did the Germans get to California side? That's I don't pretty. think this
1: was Germans. That was back in the olden days of the gold rush, I think. Hold on, let me look again. It was 18 something.
3: Yeah, oh, okay, was, so that wasn't a war act. That was No, it was 1865. That was it was just shit.
1: an odd shit. It was a deadliest shipwreck on the U.S. Pacific coast at that time. Oh, okay.
2: Right on. so, um, go back out and see if anybody's seen anything out there.
0: Dang, that's what
2: it's all about. What? That sabotage caused damage to the Statue of Liberty and that's why the arm was closed to the public. I never heard that before. Did you ever hear that before? I thought it was because the arm was just old.
0: No, I've never heard that, but wouldn't doubt it.
2: I mean, I know you can't go up in the arm. That was always a thing. Like I was like always like, well, why should I go to the Statue of Liberty? If I can't go up to the flame, then what's the point? Back in the day, you could walk up to the flame. But I always thought it was just because the copper was getting old. Or at least, that was what it was implied. No one ever suggested it was sabotage.
1: I'd like to see the Statue of Liberty, but I just have no use in going to New York.
0: New York is amazing.
1: So I don't know. I guess, uh, I don't know how
2: we missed that one. So I'm going to go back and look at this thing, because it would be pretty shitty if it's...
5: I was in New York, but I was like eight years old, so... But July July 30th is also
2: the date of the Indianapolis. You guys heard that
5: story before? Yeah, it was sunk by a Japanese submarine. And it took four days for him to rescue and his survivors, like, 883 seamen. Yep,
2: 883, the worst loss in history in the United States Navy. Uh, again, was near for the Japanese. They were mad, so they were killed, as much as they could. So, before midnight of the 29th, so last night, the uh, American cruiser was a flagship of the fifth Fifth Fleet was on its way unescorted to Guam. Um, it was torpedoed uh, by a guy who, a guy in command had participated in Pearl Harbor, whatever that means. So there were. Almost 1,200 dudes on the in Indianapolis. 350 of them died upon impact with the torpedo, or went down with the ship. 800 of them went into the Pacific. Of those, approximately 50 died the first night uh, from injuries from the torpedo and the explosions. The remaining were left to flounder in the water in the ocean, uh, with sharks everywhere. Uh, they had to drink seawater, and that's not good for you. And there was no time for a distress signal uh, as it went down, so it took 84 hours before help arrived. Uh, and let's see, I guess that wasn't the best rescue attempt ever. Only 318 survived. The rest were eaten by sharks or drowned. So 800 people fell into the Pacific. Can you imagine? Being sick, sitting in the water with a bunch of guys trying to figure out what to do, and you have very little you can do. Five hundred dudes almost get eight by sharks. It's insane. Um, is the only ever do, do so? I guess the captain was the only officer ever to be court-martialed for the loss of a ship during wartime. Had the attack happened only three days earlier, the Indianapolis would have been sunk carrying special cargo—the atomic or the atom bomb. So it had carried the atom bomb to. The island North of Guam for the scientists to assemble. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Why did I wonder they? Which one? Yeah. Uh, why did they? Why would? Why would they? Uh, Court martial him for loss of his ship.
3: Yeah, I mean he was on escort and everything. What the hell is he supposed to do about it? Maybe because of the procedure, and he didn't call it in right. If there's
2: a whole chunk I missed here because they couldn't find him. So maybe that had something to do with the loss of life or something. Maybe it was like not following through correctly. I don't know. That's, there's all kinds of stuff about it. I don't know of any lame fictional dramas or anything about it, but I have seen some documentaries about it and there are two, uh, survivors still alive. Well, there have been survivors still alive that have recorded their stories. So that's stuff. Thanks for um, a couple of people actually had emailed me that. So uh, thank you for that. Don't want to miss something like that. Yeah, Patriots 8 posted a video earlier today on gun channels with a survivor.
0: All right, so uh, what do we got going on on gun channels tomorrow?
2: Oh, interesting. Midnight is saying the um, interview that he sent me in an email uh, was with um, was an interview with a Marine who guarded the bombs. Maybe both wrong, the boat on that ship.
3: So the, the controversy about the ship was that he was ordered to maintain, he was on a top secret mission because of the bomb, and he was ordered to maintain radio silence, so when he was sunk, they did not call for help.
2: Oh, shit. So what but he that, was
3: under orders to maintain radio silence.
2: Crazy.
3: That sucks. And he was also uh, f- uh, charged with failure to zigzag oh. to avoid the uh, the submarine. Uh, you know, because you, you zig, you know, every now and then to avoid the torpedo, right? Yeah.
1: Huh. It doesn't seem like a ship that big. It zigzag very well.
3: No, but from when you when you figure they they shoot from you know, you know, roughly three quarters of a mile to a mile off, and it takes 30 or 40 seconds for the torpedo to get there in the old days. You're talking old diesel-type submarines. You know, it, it, you would have had to zig and zag quite a bit. <laughs> you spend all your time zigging and zagging, you wouldn't get anywhere.
2: Well, that's probably what the debate was, right? Like, let's get out of range instead of trying to avoid... Yeah,
3: and he, and he was actually exonerated uh, posthumously. He committed suicide, and he... uh but he was exonerated posthumously, and the testimony of the uh, actually the sub commander, as well as his own men, uh, they they exonerated him after the fact. All right, so um,
2: it looks like there's a lot to talk about there. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Roasted asking early watch. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know that they're definitely going to get that back. Looks like Night Strike with a morning strike or eight in the morning or the sun or something show. I think a target on the sun this morning. So, uh, yeah, Tony did uh, an early show. Then looks like Knives went on live. And then you've got your uh, Tuesday lineup uh, in the prime time. Which is back on the top of Gun Shadows again. I figured all these new people have come already and they can figure out what's going on now. So we'll put the live schedule back up there. So it uh, looks like hanging out with Outlaw. He's doing his show tomorrow. We'll start at 6. Um, hit or
3: miss, Tuesday at
2: 9 o'clock. Uh, yeah, but Ghost has his show first at 8. So uh, Ghost Tactical does his Tuesday show. Then, yep, uh, hit or miss. Oh, we also have Big Gunner 81 does a show on Tuesdays as well. And uh, then we'll be back here. Well, no, we won't. We'll be doing our show at noon and then uh, doing this show whenever there's people to show up. So uh, potentially two daily gun shows today, but there'll be an abridged or a modified uh, noon show. So uh, I'll put that in the schedule and stay tuned for that on the iTunes and over on GunStreamer and uh, GunTube. All right. And we also have anything else to throw out there tonight?
3: When you say noon, do you mean noon
2: Eastern? It's oh, everything in Eastern because Eastern. Okay, just curious. Yeah, and it's not going to be a live show. It's just going to be more of a um, kind of a consolidation of efforts, and hopefully, uh, we'll see some new stuff happening on Gun Channels as well. Uh, let's see. Gary is out there. Not Gary. Um, Okay, are Rick. Rick is out there uh, doing an uh, Indiegogo campaign right now. So you've got Rick who h- has brought a couple of people into gun channels already on his own by just doing an interesting show, reaching out to different audiences on Wednesday. He does the disa- shooting with the disabled or shooting for the disabled and uh, bringing different types of differently abled people uh, to his show. And he's, you know, with that brought people to gun channels. And some of those people have gone on to do all kinds of neat stuff. So uh, Rick's doing that. He's uh, also lived a long time in Europe or well, in England. So he brings that angle to his uh, his project. And then of course he lives in Rhode Island. So I think he's got a lot to bring to the table. He's consistent on a Saturday show. He's been doing for a long time. There's nothing else happening on a Saturday except for uh, uh, Travis does his show in the early mornings. Now we've got some people doing evening shows, but there's nothing happening, never been really anything happening on Saturdays. I've tried to do Saturday shows multiple times, and there's not audience for them, so it can be frustrating. Rick is still there doing it. I mean, the health issues and whatnot and family, you know, he's not there every single week, but he's doing a more consistent Saturday show than anyone's done in the five years of gun channels, uh, and he's looking to not make a million bucks doing this. He's retired. He's doing it for the love of it. But he is looking for some support uh, financially and some help. So uh, he's trying to get the word out there to new people. And that's one of the reasons you do a campaign on Indiegogo. So I'm going to grab the link to that and encourage anybody who uh, enjoys what we do here. um, I suspect you you haven't seen Rick's stuff. uh, You might enjoy his grassroots kind of stuff. And uh, we encourage you to, if you can't throw a couple of bucks at him, at least help share his project with others. Because, again, you never know the whole power of social media is to uh, spread word to people who you might not know or are interested in something. All right, what's he calling it over there? Thanks, I Pardon? my contributions. He's calling it patches and stickers and he calls himself Spotted Rick. So here's the deal over there and he set up for 500 bucks because you gotta set it up for 500 bucks, that's the minimum so he's only, He's already raised 100 bucks, that's pretty cool he's got uh, 8 days left, so more than a week, and that's 6 people so he right, throws 10 bucks at him give him some encouragement, and of course like I always try to remind, remind, yeah, remind people, is that he's doing a gun related thing, not necessarily in your face gun related thing I guess we'll bug him to put some gun stuff up here uh, but he is doing something that we know is Second Amendment related up here on uh, on Indiegogo, which is a platform that lots of people use. And it's in here, you know, westerly, Rhode Island, right? So it's coming from an area that people, I don't know, I think that's got value. Uh, so if you want to see that turn into 100, then throw a couple of bucks at him. and I guess I'll click not doing it, and I'll throw the link out here to everybody. Oh wait, you know what? I should probably grab this link, it's shorter. Be easier. Especially for archaic, loaded, dying YouTube it can only handle certain links and it might break that link. So if it does then just search for spotted Rick. There you go. I do say spotted Rick. I guess he has it under his name. Alright, well that's all I got. Gary, thanks for jumping in. Uh, you bet. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for the invite. Well, it's, hopefully we'll do some more of the uh, communication stuff. I think we're we'll allowed to give up on Smaggy joining. I've seen Dano out on the YouTube side for whatever. He didn't jump on the gun channel side and check the links out. But uh, maybe Dano will show up for one of these chats. Maybe not. But otherwise, let's go just get into it. And uh, whenever you're ready, let me know. And then uh, stay tuned for that. And we'll probably broadcast that on the... Uh, daily gun Show channel so you can watch that here
4: okay sounds great
2: cool thanks for helping thanks for the invite but angelina you got anything coming up you still, you're you you're doing the flags now the ordering is over right
0: yeah the ordering is over we're uh you know printing them up and stitching them up and sending them out i know so it's been a busy busy sweaty time
3: But anybody got a quote to end us out tonight, then? You want a sci-fi guy or a Italian uh, patriarch?
2: Sci-fi. Yeah.
3: Sci-fi? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a golden age uh, sci-fi writer, A.E. Von Vogel. Uh, he wrote a novel, The Weapon Shops of Isher, and he had a quick one-liner in there that says, The right to buy weapons is the right to be free. And I thought that was a good quote from him.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And that's a great story, by the way, if you get a chance to read it. It's not very long, but it's a good read.
1: The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching
5: GunWebsites.com. Making pancakes, making bacon
1: pancakes. take a bacon, and will put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's
0: what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes.